uh, Mark, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 4. And I just want to talk about three things, and it's not going to be long. I just want to just, um, just put something in our hearts and our minds and then let you go. Um, you, know, you know what's really important is that I personally don't think that once a week is enough for church. And also, by the way, we cannot forget to welcome Don's mother is here. We know she's been here before, but the, the woman that brought this amazing guy into the world is here. She lives in Florida, so thanks for coming up to visit us. Um, I don't think that church once a week is enough. I, I think that we need to be in each other's presence, in the presence of the Word every day, and um, as much as we can, because I think if we... Can you imagine eating once a week? <clears throat> just eating a dinner once a week, like, and then just maybe not eating very well because you're not feeling that good, and then you got to wait a whole nother week. <clears throat> Imagine how weak <clears throat> you would feel, <clears throat> how how much energy you would lack. <clears throat> I really think that the biblical model in the Book of Acts, where they met daily, is really the mind of God. Uh, we have a good time in our church. If you hang around us, um, you'll discover that we're always doing crazy things. Uh, Thursday night, we had a prayer meeting. Every Thursday night, we have prayer meetings here, but we did it. We moved it over to the Benoit's house. I think it was the Church of the Benoit's this week. <laughs> the whole church was in their house all week, and, and, um, but it was a lot of fun. And, uh, and after the prayer meeting, it was just like lightning and thunder, and it was just crazy. We went outside. Pastor Kyle said, I'm going to build a fire. We were like, what? <laughs> You're going to build a fire in this weather? So the rain stopped, and he got a fire going, got a nice bonfire going, and then we had, uh, we pulled out some s'mores, and we, you know, and um, uh, sorry we can't announce everything. Sometimes things are spontaneous. And, and then after that, we, um, we had a communion together, and it was the most interesting communion I've ever had. It was <laughs> apple cider Sparkling apple cider and graham crackers. <laughs> and it may sound sacrilegious, but we were together. We were just talking about prayer and the power of prayer and what God does when we pray. And by the way, this, the, um, in the coming weeks while I'm away, um, we, we were talking with Pastor Kyle about some ideas for our prayer meetings. So what we're going to do is, is we're going to meet here at 730 on Thursday nights, and then we're going to go somewhere and we're going to walk and pray. We're gonna do. We're gonna do Hatboro Township. We're gonna go up to up to Doylestown, pick out a couple small places, and we'll just not walk far, but just walk with another person and just pray. Just pray as we walk. And so we were doing that, and we just had such a blessed time of prayer and just vision and thinking about what God can do. And you know, I think some churches close down in the summer. Uh, we don't. We just get going. We get we get our get our momentum going. So very shortly this morning, Matthew, uh, Mark chapter four. Now we'll look at, look at chapter 4, verse 3 with me. And before I read the text, I'd like just to say three things. Three things I want to talk about this morning, if you're taking notes. Okay, three things. Number one, God is something prepared for each one of us. So individually and personalized and wonderful that we could never comprehend it. Think of that. You say, well, I, nothing's been ever prepared for me. I've always had to work for it. God has prepared something for you personally. And you may say, well, I'm not a good person. It doesn't matter. God has prepared something for you. Number two, God's people 
we often don't receive what God has personally prepared for us because we are not properly prepared ourselves. Think of that. Okay? God's prepared something. And number two, some, very often I think God's people don't receive what God has for them because they personally have not prepared for that. And then number three, how does someone prepare to receive from God? How does someone prepare? How do we prepare to receive something from God? And there's three points to that, and I'm going to get to that in a minute. Mark chapter 4, verse 3, it says this, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And this is Jesus speaking. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. When the sun was up, it was scorched because it had no root and it withered away. And some seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it and yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundredfold. And Jesus in verse 9 said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And this is a parable that Jesus gives. You know, I like parables because Jesus always explains his parables. And so we just, if we don't understand, we can always just read the context if we just continue to follow. And that's verse 13. And he said to him, do you not understand this parable? Verse 13 of the same chapter. How then will you understand all the parables? See, the problem is, is that Christians get in trouble into trouble when they make doctrines, theological doctrines out of a parable. Because a parable is just a story, it's an illustration. We don't want to build major doctrines on parables. The sower, and then he begins to explain in verse 14, the sower sows the word. So the seed is the what? What's the seed that's being sowed here? The word. The word. There we go. You guys are you guys are on the ball this morning. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. And so the first, the first listeners, the first type of soil, the first type of seed we see gets sown by who? Who sows the word of God, by the way? Who is sowing? Sowing means to plant or to, to throw out seed. So who is doing that? I want some participation here. Holy Spirit is sowing the Word of God, right? He is planting the Word of God. What is the soil? What's the soil? It's our heart. It's the way we are hearing, right? And so the first seed, what happens to the first seed? It falls by the what? The wayside. What is the wayside? It's like a gutter. You ever walk down the street and on the side of the curb, there's like all that trash. You ever see all that trash and and, and, and gravel and dirt. That's the wayside. Stuff that's on the road that just falls on the road, people's trash and, and, and uh, gravel gets pushed to the side because of the traffic, right? And this is the first kind of sower. I mean, the first kind of hearer is that it's a type of hearer that is just totally neglects what is being said. The seed here, the seed is amazing. You know, when you have a seed... It's something small, and inside that seed has every, that seed has all the power, all the information, all the beauty in a little package. And that seed 
when it gets sown in good soil, it becomes it comes this amazing, beautiful tree, amazing fruit, amazing, uh, amazing um, place for birds and shade, and it's very beautiful. And it's all in that little seed, and this is what God has prepared for us. And the first, the first, the first person or the first type of hearer is the person really that is. It just totally neglects it. It's just something that, you know, this is not important to me. I'm not at that place in my life. Uh, it's like those people that we heard in the, in the story this morning that were inside of the cafe. They were just not there, and it was just not being sown correctly. And it goes to the wayside. Uh, the second type of here, and this is really, what I'm talking about here is, this, um, what Jesus is talking about here is three core problems uh, three types of soil. And the first type of soil is just absolute neglect. Second type of soil is a seed that falls on shallow ground. And let's read in verse 16. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who when they hear the word immediately receive it with gladness. And so this is the second type. Maybe you've heard this, these passages before, but I'm going to tell you something that you haven't heard before. And this is going to be fresh hopefully by God's grace, stony ground. You ever try to plant something when there's stones in the ground? How many have ever done that? Without properly weeding, without properly cleaning out the stones in the area that you want to guard? Stones. Sometimes they're hidden. You don't see them. They're in there. Uh, Don had a garden over here for a while. Don could tell you about stony ground. Stony ground. What does this talk about? Stony ground is when a person emotionally responds to the word. The seed being the word. And when the sower, the Holy Spirit, is sowing the word into your life through a message or through your personal Bible study or when you're meditating on on principles, the Holy Spirit sows something. And if we receive it in an emotional way and we say, yeah, praise the Lord, that's awesome. And we, you know, maybe go to a service where it's very emotional and there's a lot of shouting and it's really awesome. But when you walk away, somebody may say, what was the message about? And you're like, I can't remember. How many have ever been in that place? You go home and somebody asks you, how was the message? Well, the pastor talked about, um, um, I just can't remember. What is that? That's, that was stony ground. That means that, that there was a great emotional response, but because it was shallow, what happens is, is that, is that verse 17, and they have no root in themselves. So that seed never gets any root. The word never gets any root. And then the result is, is that when tribulation or persecution comes, for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now this is important because it could be that Christianity can become very emotional based with no emphasis on the word. And when there's not an emphasis on the word of God, then soil becomes stony. You know, I could come into church, we could come into church with stony hearts, meaning this is about like the details of life where we could come in and our heart could not be properly, could not be ready to receive something. And I want to talk about that in a minute, that when you want to receive something from God, before you do that, first make sure the soil is right. Make sure that it's not the pavement soil that the seed falls to the wayside. Make sure that it's not the stony soil that God allows in Hosea chapter 10, verse 2, to begin to break up that soil. 
You know, when you and I go through tough times, what is the purpose of those tough times? It's to break up ground. You know, how, how many of you have ever planted a garden and it just takes a lot just to get that shovel in there and to break up the ground? It's a lot of work, and it's painful. And that's probably the most painful part of planting a garden, isn't it? Ripping that soil up, breaking the roots, getting, the, getting those um, rocks out of there. And this very often is a process in our life that can be very painful. God is breaking up the soil. And just don't lose heart, because when you go through difficult times, and your emotions, your soul is just like, it's like, a, it's like an earthquake. You're just, uh, it's just so difficult. Don't lose hope. And just remember this, that God is preparing your soil, your heart, your soil, your soul for something amazing, because that he wants to plant in there. And then number three, the third type of here is seed that falls on good ground. And this is really, um, this, is, this is really what I want to focus on it for, for a minute. But let's go back to that previous seed. Do you know the details of our life can choke out the word, right? Details of life, domestic things, relationships, our own personal health. These types of situations can really try to choke out the word and choke out the moisture. But the good here is, and the next following verse here, are those that, um, verse 20, those, these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, hear, bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. Before I get into that verse, I want to just mention something that God has prepared. I'm going to talk about that preparation of soil in a minute. What has God prepared for us? 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. I just want to read this to you. 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Eye has not seen, nor ear has heard what God has prepared for them that love Him. Just read that together in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Make sure I got that right. It is written, Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them who love him. It's amazing. Can you imagine what... Well, we can't actually because the verse tells us. Can you imagine that God has prepared something for you in your life that your eye has never seen how far can the eyes see? I mean, we got there's a new Hubble scope. I think it's called Hubble 2, isn't it? Where it's now they have photographs of Pluto and uh, they have more information about the universe that we live in. But this, that the a human eye cannot see what God has prepared. Number two, God, we cannot hear it. Have you heard some amazing music or the incredible Beethoven's Ninth Symphony and just been in, in awe of what you hear? Nothing could ever compare what we hear to what God has prepared. And it's not even entered into the heart of man, meaning that we could never even imagine it. This is God's thing that he has prepared for you and I in his plan. And he wants us to receive it. But how do we receive? How do we receive this? How do we receive what God has prepared for us? I think that many of us go through our Christian life and we maybe get maybe just a small percentage of what God wants to give to you. The question is, is that God, it's not that God doesn't want to answer prayer. 
God sometimes cannot answer our prayers or give us the desires of our heart because there's no preparation of heart for it. Because there's carnality, there's too much flesh in the way. The flesh, our flesh, old sin nature, our own self-will, our own opinions about our life, all of this blocks and keeps, uh, uh, hinders what God has for you and I. I think a young man or young woman that desires to have an amazing mate, husband or wife, do you think that's not God's will for you? Let me ask you, is that God's will (laughs) or not? Does God want to give you a terrible mate? Does God want to give you a bad husband or a bad wife? Yes? No? All right. All right, is that clear? Okay, God wants to give you, why am I making it? Because I think some of us have these crazy concepts that, oh, I don't deserve the best. I deserve something subpar because I'm older or I'm used or I'm not whatever, whatever, whatever that, that condition can be that you put yourself in. God doesn't see you like that. God sees you in, in, the, in the image of his son. And the Bible says that he waits to be gracious to us. Do you know what sin is? Sin is like, okay, yeah, breaking the Ten Commandments, right, that's the Old Testament um, definition. But you know what sin is? Sin is when I accept something less than God's perfect for me. I'm missing the mark. And Hebrews chapter, Hebrews chapter 11 says that whatsoever is not of faith is sin. That means when I'm not trusting God for something in my life, I'm already outside of, outside of where God wants me to be at. I just want to tell you, like I, I wish I could just get in your head somehow, that's not my job, it's the Holy Spirit. To get into your heads and tell you that God wants to work in your work in your life, give you the best. He puts desires in you that only He can answer. And you say, well, I've been waiting. I've been waiting so long. I've been waiting for the right job, waiting for the right person, waiting for the right situation. You know something? I'll tell you in a minute. Prepare yourself. This is how you prepare yourself. What does it say? Here's the number, just before you give you the three things, here's the key to receiving. Number one, for those who love him. Now, whenever I read that verse, I'm like, oh, for those who love him. I don't always love God. You ever read that verse and say, well, it doesn't mean me, because I don't always love God. God doesn't have something prepared for me, because I don't always love God. When you look at it, when you read a verse like that, and you don't read it carefully, and you don't study it, it sounds like a condition like, well, if I don't love God, then God's not going to give me what he's prepared. It sounds like a, a conditional relationship. But that's not how it is in the original language, in the original Greek, when the Bible was written. That's why it's important to get good Bible, Bible teaching. What it's saying here is, let's just read this here. I want to get this. Those things God has prepared for those who love him. What does it mean for those who love him? Well, the context or the Greek syntax there means this, and please don't get messed up with the grammar here, but it's a present active, it's a, it's a present active participle. Now, what does that mean? It means that God wants us to, in, the, in our present tense or our present, in the present moment, participate in the love of God. That's what it's saying. That's what it's saying here. It means that presently, in my pre- not yesterday and not tomorrow, but presently in this chapel or in my house or wherever I'm at, to practice participating, because it's the participle, in the love of God. Meaning that God loved me. And the way I can participate in that 
is just to trust him, right? You getting what I'm saying? I'm not going to speak much longer here. Participating in the love of God means that we just trust him. It means that God initiated to you and I. And how do we participate in that? Just participate in the fact of what the Bible says, that God loves me. Let's get into the practical part of this. How do we prepare to receive something from God? You know, this past week, we were um, somewhere with a group, group of us, and we were just sharing. And, and I said, you know, as a pastor, my greatest desire for everyone in this church, I think one of my greatest desires for each one of you here in this room, is that you would learn how to receive things from God. I'm not talking about material blessings only. I'm talking about how to receive something from God, like how to get on our knees and not get off our knees until God has, we've talked to God. How we get out there. And, and um, I remember in Ukraine, and this is just an, a, this is an amazing story. I've been reading a, a book um, called uh, The Circle of Prayer. What is it called? Yeah, Circle Maker, yeah. I don't even know the title of the book. And I've just been reading about how God moves and how uh, one pastor in D.C. Um, walked around the entire area of where he was ministering. And he just walked around it. And he had a practice of walking around the area and praying, just praying for the area. Praying for the area. And, and just he did it for a period of time. Just like, just like the children of Israel did as they went around Jericho. How many times they go around Jericho? They went around what? Seven times, right? And then on the seventh day, how many times did they go around Jericho? Seven times in one day. And what were they doing? They were walking around the city and they were singing praises. They were praying. They were abiding in the promise of God. They weren't doing anything. And here's Jericho, by the way, historically, had the thickest and the greatest walls of any city of the day. And as the Israelites were walking around that city, they were, I'm sure they felt foolish, but they were walking and waiting on God. And then on the seventh day, on the seventh time when they did that, then the walls fell down. And you know, this is how we receive things from God. And I want us to really learn how to receive things from God because there's so much that God has for us. I remember in Ukraine when we were there as missionaries and we were just dirt poor. We didn't have really any money at all. I mean, we were just so broke, and, and we were just living there by faith, and, and it was just an amazing work of God. And I remember one time a businessman calling us, and he said, so I want to help you guys buy a building. And um, so I met with him and my brother, and I just said, you know, this is great, but we'll never be able to give you the money back. And he said, no, that's okay. I just want to help you get a building. And, he's, and I, I just kept saying, we're never going to be able to pay you back because I thought that this was going to put us into some kind of debt with him or that he would expect something from us. And he showed us the building. It was just this old beat-up building in downtown. It was in the old, old part of the city where the Jewish ghetto was, where the Nazis had gathered all the Jews in that, in that little part of town. And it was just a very just oppressed area of town. And this beat-up building, it was... Um, Windows were broken and the floors were falling, falling through. And me and the elders of the church, we saw the building and we all, we all laid hands on the building. This is just we just felt led to do this. So all of us laid our hands on the building. And there's a picture of us doing this. We're all about twice as skinny as we are now. All of our hands laying on the building. We just pray. We said, God, in Jesus' name, pray for the gospel's sake. I'm not saying name it and claim it. 
We just felt that God had opened a door. We laid our hands on it and we prayed. You know what? We just, we were just so crazy. We just knew that God was going to do it. And you know what happened? God did it. Why? Because it was something that He had prepared for us. And we, ab- we just ab- abided or abode, whatever the word is, in God's promise. I want to finish with this. How do we receive things from God? Okay, Proverbs 16, verse 1. Proverbs 16, verse 1, it says that the preparation of the heart belongs to man. What does that mean? It means that our job, you and I, our job is to prepare our heart. And then it says the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Meaning that if you and I prepare our heart, it's like, God, I don't know what you're going to do. All these things are happening, but I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm just going to prepare a place for you. It's like someone calls you up and says, I'm on my way over to your house. I need a place to stay tonight. It's like Jesus said to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, make haste. I'm coming to your house today. So Zacchaeus runs ahead and prepares a whole meal, and Jesus comes in with his disciples. It means that we just prepare a place. That's the way it goes in in sales, too, or in in business. Like if you want a a certain amount of people to come to your business, you've got to have a place for them, even though you don't see them. Preparing a place in our heart, preparing a place in our minds, taking the time to prepare our hearts for God to move. And so three things. Number one, this is the first thing that we do to prepare ourselves. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 1. These are verses that God gave me early this morning about how we prepare a place to receive something from God. Number one, Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 1. It says, keep your foot when you enter into the house of God. What does that mean, keep your foot? (laughs) I love the King James, and it has these really interesting, keep your foot, like, what does that mean, keep my foot? It just means to guard the way you walk. Now, let me explain something. How many of you have ever gone to somebody's house and they ask you to take your shoes off when you come in? How many have ever been? Okay. Uh, my wife is from Europe and she does that. She says, please take your shoes off. When you take your shoes off, then your feet, you know, the most sensitive part of your body is in direct contact with the floor and the ground. And you can feel every bit of that floor and that, and that ground. What does that mean? It just means that it means ultra-sensitivity to God. Like Ecclesiastes 5 verse 1 talks about people who live in familiarity and carelessness. And we barge into circumstances with our opinion and our self-will. And we're not quiet. That's just the first thing, how to prepare to receive something from God. Ecclesiastes 5 verse 1. Get quiet before God. Just listen to Him. Some of us have so much psychic noise or, or head noise going on all the time. You know, we could live in a loud atmosphere, but learn how to get alone with God. Go for a walk or just in your car, listen or hear from God. I like when I'm in my car, it's like my little sanctuary. I like to pray and worship and think and meditate. Like, you know, if you want to receive something from God, just get quiet. You know, Facebook is so interesting because all of us, you know, we get on Facebook and we just write about the troubles in our life. You know, we write these things. And it's like, you know, it might be good just to get quiet for a while and just not, and not talk or think or get emotional. But just in quietness and in reverence to the Lord, just say, God, I'm going to get quiet. I'm going to get really quiet in my life. And I'm going to just take my shoes off. When you do that, you're entertaining the presence of God. Now, 
We've done this. My wife and I have done this. Some of you have done this, I'm sure, and we've received things from God. Get quiet before God. Do you see an opportunity in your life? Just get quiet before God. The second way to prepare to receive something from God is Hebrews 4, verse 2. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2. And it says this. It says that the gospel was preached unto them as well as us, but it didn't profit them because they didn't mix faith with what they heard. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2. That the gospel was preached unto them also, talking about the Jews, but it didn't profit them. It didn't benefit them because they didn't mix faith with what they heard. This is the second thing that we want to do in our life to receive from God. Mix faith with what you hear. You know, and in the Greek it says, take the amount of faith and match it with the, the amount of the word. So if you hear something mighty from the word or something incredible from the Bible, match it with just say, yes, God, I agree with that. I just agree with that. Because when we do that, then we're just releasing God. It doesn't mean that you have to do it. And this is what Pastor Kyle was saying. Christianity is not trying to complete something, but it's just mixing faith with what we're hearing. The message you're hearing today, just mix faith with it. Say, you know what, I'm going to go home. I'm not going to let this fall on stony ground. I'm going to go home, and I'm just going to prepare a place for God to bless in my family, in my job, in my health. I'm going to prepare, I'm going to prepare a place for Jesus to come into my heart and to do something awesome. Mix faith with what you hear. Don't mix doubt. Don't mix self-opinion. Don't mix self-will. Mix faith. And then lastly, lastly, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12. And we'll close with this, Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12. And I'm going to read this to you because it's just, I love Jeremiah's life. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 12. It says this, And the Lord said to me, You have seen well, and I am ready to perform my word. And in King James it says, I think I will hasten to perform my word. Think of that. God says to Jeremiah, you have seen well. You're paying attention, Jeremiah. You're comprehending what I'm doing. You're listening. You're seeing well, Jeremiah. And so therefore, I am going to hasten. I'm going to be quick to perform my word. And just say this, has God given you a promise from the Bible? That's where we need to start. Just get something from God from the Bible. And just let God hasten to perform it. And mix faith with it. And if you're not born again, if you're not born again, if you're not a Christian, you may say, well, I go to church all the time. But, you know, if you have not had a personal moment when you've received Christ and you've allowed God to regenerate you and give you a brand new nature, then what I'm saying is just going to go over your head. You need to be born again. Prepare to receive something from God. God always did things first by sending a preparer. Example, John the Baptist came in before Jesus came and said, prepare ye the way of the Lord. And that's what we're saying here to you today is the next three weeks, and this is a little homework assignment while I'm gone, okay? You guys like homework, right? <laughs> this is what I want you to do, okay? I want you to take a journal, all right? We're going to take the next three weeks and we're going to do this, okay? I want you to do this. If you don't, then it's, it's okay. But I want you to, you know, you're not going to fail church unless you stop coming. No, just kidding. 
I want you to take a journal, and I want you to write down on the first page um, my prayer journal. On the second page, I just want you to write, I'm preparing for this. I'm preparing for these things, or my preparation, or whatever you want on the second page. And the rest of the pages, just write down things like, God, I'm preparing for a place for you in this area of my life and my marriage. I'm preparing a place for you in this area of my life and my service to you. Diana talked about a personal anointing. I think that's so important that we prepare a place for God to anoint us in what we do. Maybe you've been in the church for a while, but I want you to do this anyway. And I'll give you, I'll give you a journal if you don't have one. Um, right? I'm preparing a place for, uh, for God to work in my finances. And, and, and then try to find verses. Like get, look in your Bible and try to find, go to Google and say, what does the Bible say about finances? Or, or you know, I don't know what you use there. Check your concordance in your paper Bible. I just prepare, God, I want you to prepare a place in my life for marriage, for dating, for, for whatever, for kids. I'm preparing a place. Lord. And, just, and just leave the rest of the page blank and go to the next page. And just write these titles. And for the next three weeks, and then I want us to all be doing this, God, prepare a pl- we want to prepare a place for you, for people that are not here yet. And I think that there are going to be people here next year Last year we said the same thing around the same time. Look, there's all these new people that weren't here before. Next year there's going to be new people here that we did not know. And we want to prepare a place for them. And why? Because God's prepared it. Are we being presumptuous? Are we being, are we exaggerating? No, God has prepared a place. God has prepared something for us. We want to just have a little journal and then put the date and the time and then just for the next three weeks or however long you want to do it, just say, Lord, I am just preparing a place. I've never done this before. God, and this is the way I'm praying lately. God, I'm upping my expectations. Like, God, okay, I, I, let's see, I've been saved since I was nine. I get saved in Sunday school, although my Sunday school teachers wouldn't say that. But I got saved in Sunday school. And I am now 49, and I'm just upping my expectations from God. I want to just see God do things in our lives, in Hatboro, in this area. I want to see God. Wouldn't it be amazing if God gave us a new, ca- a new campus, a bigger campus? Wouldn't it be great if God gave us a cafe? I mean, let's prepare a place for that in our hearts, in our expectations. Wouldn't it be great to see God give us kids and Sunday school? And Wouldn't it be great to see God just heal people from addictions and from, from, from things that are going wrong in our lives? Wouldn't it be great that God would heal us and just do that? So just do that with me these next few weeks. Make a place in a prayer notebook. And I guarantee you, give you a money-back guarantee, that God will just, God will, I'm joking, by the way, I'm not going to give you your tithes back. <laughs> but God will, God, will, um, God will come in with a blessing when we prepare a place for him. Amen? Okay, let's close in prayer. Father, we 